Mini episode 658 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. It's your favorite football talkers in the world, Rick Morris and Kyle Ross, your FDH dignitaries. Breaking down the NFL for week 15. We are live and in person recording this again. No phone lines this week. We are at Casa de Riccio. And uh, I, Rick Morris, am coming off a rough 6-10 and 10 week, but I was 10-6 and 6 the week before. So I'm still doing okay. 2-1 and one on my big three last week. 0-1 and one on my lock pick. 109, 95, and 4 for the season. I still need to go just 500 the rest of the way to be profitable for the year on those. 21 to 21 on my big three, 6 and 8 on my locks. You, Kyle, with a nice bounce back week. 5 and 2, putting you at 44, 37, and 1 for the year. Uh, excellent uh, bounce back for you. I, I think I won the previous week, too. I was 4 and 3 the previous week. It was you, two weeks ago was, that's the, right. was that's the nosedive. Yeah. Yes, the nosedive that will not be spoken of no. again. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was good. So, I, uh, two weeks in a row, I won the Monday night. Nice way to cap it. I okay. like that. Yeah, I like that. Your boy, Dan uh, Campbell. Speaking of a nosedive. Yeah. How's he doing? Uh, he's uh, he's having his ups and downs. But, uh, a lot more downs. Uh, he's doing better than Joe Philbin did. If you, if you take the Joe Philbin out of the record, uh, it looks a lot better for this year. <laughs> that's that's my story. Better than Joe Philbin. What a standard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how we're measuring things in Miami these days. We have uh, an interesting card. And by interesting, I mean uh, not one that you and I are enthused about the chances of winning at. Yeah, this is weird. So... I do have to concede something to you. Okay. Road favorites, after not doing well at all this right. year, uh, have had a monstrous two weeks. I think they're like 10-1 and one the last two weeks against the spread. 7-1 mm-hmm. and one two weeks ago, which that's a lot of road favorites. Yep. Uh, and then last week they were 3-0. and oh. uh, I actually had one last week. The yep. Giants on Monday night were a road favorite. That's right. So when you see something like that, at least I do, I feel that, okay, the trends do to flip, probably. And there's certainly quite a few home dogs on this week's card. But I just told you off air that this week, and it's the result of this is I don't have as many plays as I've had the last two weeks. I'm down to five plays. I actually may sneak a couple more in, depending how the talk is going during the show. So okay. hold it, don't hold me to that five number. I may, I may <laughs> do a few late breakings in the middle of the show. But there are a lot of games this week where... I have a philosophical and situational divide. Philosophical meaning, okay, here's a home dog. All right, it's pretty ugly. Usually a team I might take. But then I look at the situation, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can do it. So right. there's a number of those in this uh, Week 15 card. 
There are, and uh, we start with a very difficult one by definition because it involves the Rams, who uh, are, are the most uh, a winner for me last week. Though I uh, fi- finally one of us got was right about the Rams. Uh, you won by betting on the death of science. Uh, the, the Rams truly represent science is dead more than anybody in the league. Yeah, there was a defensive touchdown there. I'll give you that. That was yeah. the difference in the game. But you know, the Detroit Lions losing on the road is not something that uh, Nikolai Tesla, you know, <laughs> needed to spend his time figure a lot of his time figuring out. Perhaps not. But uh, this week it is uh, on Thursday night the six and seven bucks at the five and eight Rams, eight twenty five Eastern time. The Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis on the NFL Network, Nance, Sims, and Wolfson on the call. And if you've been seeing the commercials, they're going to go to those goofy alt uniforms for this week here. Colorblind people are struggling with these. Are, am, am I heard that Particularly correctly? the first time they did it, I think. It was the Jets and uh, who, were, who was it? The Bills. The Bills, That's yeah. right. Oh, I didn't know if that yeah. had continued with that all was those a, subsequent ones or what. No, that was like the worst combination apparently according to man, you know, known to man as far as colorblindness. And the NFL's like, our bad. We didn't realize that. These ones just look goofy and USFL-ish. But, uh, you know. I suppose that's a proper way for the Rams to possibly go out in their era in St. Louis, which they may be, last game of the season here in the Dome. And uh, Mm, Stan Kroenke is itching to get out of there. And, uh, again, uh, a a revenge spot here because uh, the Bucs beat the Rams to go to Super Bowl fourteen back in the day. I'm sorry, the Rams beat the Bucs, actually. I have, I have that backwards. Rams oh, beat the Bucs. Oh, you're going with Super Bowl fourteen. I thought okay. when I joked about you, because I have some... We joked about this off air, yeah. I have some wacky historical data this week oh, okay. on some of these non-division matchups. Okay. I thought you would reference the 1999 NFC Championship oh, game. That more one recent too. when the Rams yeah. beat the Bucs. Yeah, two of the three times the Rams went to the Super Bowl, they beat the Bucs That's right. in the NFC Championship game. That's right. And... Good point. Yeah, it, it, what was funny is from '94 through 2002, mm-hmm. that NFC Championship game, yeah, was the only time the Rams beat the Bucks okay. in five meetings. Ooh. And since then, the tide has turned. They have played each of the last three years because they're usually the last place teams in their divisions, I guess, right. or maybe third place. And the Rams have won each of the last three years over Tampa Bay. Okay. Well, this is one where uh, St. Louis. Started off at a pick'em, and they are now weighing a point and a half. And uh, as far as how that factors into this year, uh, I, I don't know specifically. Except uh, I'm not going to go according to any of that data. I'm going to go according uh, to this: that the Rams have tended to do very well, obviously, on weeks when Todd Gurley is able to get loose. The Bucks have a pretty good run defense. I think it's going to put undue stress on what passes for the St. Louis passing game right now. I'm going to take Tampa Bay Thursday night with no confidence whatsoever because the Rams are involved, and the Rams always do whatever they're not supposed to do. I have a slight lean to Tampa here. I'm not going to recommend it. I question the Bucks getting off the mat. We should reference this. They lost to the Saints at home last week. Wasn't that your lock pick, by the way? That was, that was. Th- thank you for mentioning okay, that. Okay, sorry. Well, I'm sure you'll heal on me a few times during this broadcast. I wanted to be the first. You thought this would be a friendly show just because I was <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, So much for face versus face. Yeah. <laughs> but, and there has been a pretty sizable line move in this. You reference a pick. I think Tampa even opened as a slight favorite in some shops okay. for this. So there's been a pretty sizable move. It's as far up as two and a half in some places now. Why would anybody be buying on the Rams? Well, I don't know. It's a Thursday night game. What else are you going to do? But 
Well, and because here's the thing, and this is a situation I'm going to use a lot this week. It's one that I like. When you have a team off a win where they covered the spread substantially, and the Rams covered it by what, like a touchdown last yeah. they was They were basically a pick em, or Actually, they closed as a small dog against Detroit. Remember, everyone was, on, everyone was against them last week. Are people that stupid? They beat Detroit. Why, why would anybody be impressed well, by that? Well, you were just claiming how, you know, the, the Rams split the atom by winning. I mean, <laughs> so. And so you have one team who covered the spread by double digits, another one who failed to cover the spread by double digits. Tampa Bay really disappointed in Jameis Winston yeah. for failing to take advantage of a horrid Saints defense. Right. So typically... This being a week-to-week league, you'd kind of want to back the team who fell short of expectations going against the one who exceeded them. Right. I'm just going to hold off here. I will say I expect more scoring in this game than most do. Okay. I, I'll say that. I can but, believe it. It's a Thursday game. Weird crap happens. Full moon. Yeah, indoors. Yeah, full moon in a dome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much the full moon matters. Yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps for, for the atmospherics, I don't know. The okay. effect on body chemistry of a full moon, who knows? But uh, we move to uh, another primetime game before Sunday. Uh, now that we're in this time of year, there is the Saturday night game. Is this the on only the Saturday Network. game this year, or is there, there another is. one? There, there is. You know, it's, this is stupid. Remember when there used to be day games uh, on Saturdays at the end of the year here? I don't know why they don't do that anymore. But uh, Bowl from, games. Well, probably because the precious NFL Network doesn't want their Saturday night game being uh, diluted in any way. It's the 8-5 and five Jets at the 4-9 and nine Cowboys. You get a better ad rate at night. <laughs> 8.25 Eastern Time, AT&T Stadium in Arlington on the NFL Network. Surprisingly, according to the USA Today Sports Weekly, they say Nance Simpson Wolfs and again, and then they got him doing a Sunday game. So it could be three and five days, if you believe. Or, three or four times days. Four of days. Phil Sims in one week. Yeah, three, three games in four days. That How about that? Sounds hideous. <laughs> a real... A real torture for football fans. He will be doing three sixteenths of this week's NFL slate, if you believe USA Today Sports Weekly. They may be right. And what's funny is, if this is a typo, it's not mm-hmm. the thing that bothers you most about this week's card. <laughs> no, it is Mr. not. Mr. OCD man. Uh, yeah, because th- this is, it, we'll get to that a little later. This is a game where the Jets are laying three, and this is the first of my two why ask why specials. Because I'm looking at this here, and, and, and how, to use one of your favorite words, hideous. The Cowboys have been without Tony Romo this year. <laughs> Be careful. Uh, Record-wise, yes, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, but and I, I'll, I'll, I'll counter that point. Okay, all right, but I, I don't understand why the J. You know, I, I understand. Well, Omg, got to subtract three points off of this because it's in Dallas. Okay, so the, 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 so that we, is the way it works. Once okay. again, <laughs> I love how you like support the public, but disrespect the people side <laughs> that makes all the money. <laughs> like here, the one side, the house has this beautiful street in the middle of the street. <laughs> Millions and billions of dollars. And then there's a couple of ham and eggers trying to scrub, <laughs> trying to rub two nickels together. Oh, but those are the people who I want to hang out with. <laughs> All right, so you're saying it would be the Jets minus six on a neutral field. Look, <laughs> to, to my way of thinking, if ever there's a time. That's a pretty, like, in today's NFL. Yeah. Like, six points on a neutral field, that's a pretty big gap. It, like, Admit, I mean, and there's some instances this week. I, th- I know there's at least one off the top of my head where, I mean, if you're favored by like a touchdown on the road, mm-hmm. that's like reserved for the best against the worst, man. Well, in, in looking at this, and again, you, you and I had this uh, discussion via text off air earlier today. Oh, we did. I'm looking at this here like this is one of my why ask whys because when it gets past the old Malcolm Gladwell tipping point, 
I understand looking at a line and seeing value and going, OMG, this is great. Uh, the team that I'm betting on is only having to lay this many points. This is the point of ridiculousness. I don't comprehend this on any level. There's another game like this later on. I should be taking the Jets only laying the three, but I don't. Vegas is trying to tell me something, and I'm going to listen. I'll take Dallas against all logic to the contrary. Dallas Cowboys, now last week would not be a fine example, but then again they faced Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Okay. But other than that, this Dallas defense Mm -hmm. has quietly been pretty good this year. Uh, Allowed 13 in a loss to Seattle, 10 in a loss to Tampa, 14 in a win over Miami, 16 in a win over Washington Monday night. I had that one. So they've been okay. The irony here is I think the line actually should be higher after all that. I, I, wow. I, yeah, I, I really do. I mean, the Jets are a borderline top 10 team. The Cowboys, they have faded mm-hmm. uh, certainly towards the bottom of the league without Tony Romo. I've got them checking in this week at a lofty 27th. Yep. So it's about where I have them. Yeah. So, yeah, it does seem like a mismatch on paper. Public all over the Jets. And I think what this may have to do with is – yeah, Dallas is bad this year, but there's still a public team that gets a lot of money. And I think with Vegas, they're, they want to be careful not to give too many points. Okay. Um, you know, right now I would guess that they probably need the Cowboys. Uh, they'll be rooting for them in this game come Saturday night. I'm laying off, but I, again, am inclined to probably agree with you if, if I played by your rules and picked every game. Mm-hmm. I would pick Dallas, actually, here. Because, yeah. again, they're a team. Like that first matchup we talked on Thursday – Dallas fell short of expectations, expectations meaning the point spread, by double digits last week. Mm-hmm. Lost by three touchdowns as a one-touchdown dog. Jets won huge against Tennessee. That game was over almost before it started. Right. They covered uh, by two touchdowns as well. I think they won by three touchdowns as a one-touchdown favorite. So it was kind of the opposite. So could be some value on Dallas here despite the fact that I, my own power rankings indicate the line should be higher. Well, it's funny you mentioned about uh, what, a, what a touchdown spread indicates when the favorite is on the road because we have that in the next game here it's the eight and five chiefs at the four and nine ravens one o'clock eastern time sunday m&t bank stadium in baltimore on cbs kevin harlan rich gannon chris fisher on the call and uh kansas city is laying seven it's been a pretty steady seven through the course of the week and uh this is one that i kind of struggled with who am i kidding i struggled with most of them this week a lot of seven and a halfs on the board too yeah, yeah, I, I just I really struggled uh, with it, and uh, again, I, I just keep going back to this that uh, the Chiefs are due to dump one one of these games here. Uh, a stat from USA Today Sports Weekly that jumps out at me. This plays into my biorhythms theory a little bit, and I'm quoting here the Ra- and I quote the Ravens turnover ratio of minus twelve is second worst in the league. That doesn't bode well against the Chiefs team that enters the game plus twelve in the same category. So turnovers, there's a decent amount of luck in that in terms of how it goes. I think yeah, but I think for these teams. That may not take effect till next year. I understand that. I understand that. But if you if you go on the notion of Chiefs due to be a little less lucky, Ravens a little more so, uh, give me the Ravens to backdoor this one. Wow. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it at all. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Well, look, 
we talk about science died. Science died at one o'clock on Sunday last week. Did you see all those games where the team that won had no business winning? Baltimore is not out of the question after all of the atrocities we saw at one o'clock last Sunday. What atrocities were there? I think I did pretty well at one o'clock last week. Well, all these ugly teams that won for no good reason, basically. That's all well, by definition for no good reason. But still, <laughs> well, so, yeah, I think they scored more points. That's probably why they won. <laughs> You know, those things happen in this league, Ricky. Yeah. I mean, I know that in, in Rick Morris's world, the better team just wins every time because they show up and work harder. Aren't you the guy that said that you wish that we substituted computer simulations for actual results? Well, yeah. Well, sometimes computer simulations, <laughs> if you'd read them, because I know that, you know, you're scared of the computers. I know Ohio State fan, if they would listen to the computers, they'd be in the Final Four, but we're big tough guys, and we like to play in the rain. Uh, if I was Urban Meyer, I would have held my team out of that game. Against Michigan State, no, oh, you would have, would have liked that because you had to stand I there. I suffered at that game. Yeah. What, what would have been your solution? To waited till the rain stopped. I don't believe in inclement weather games. I don't believe in it either as a fan attending it because I suffered horribly that night. But although, look at the Patriots lost my, in a snow. I I'm my, like my the, dad loves to clown me for spending the whole third quarter underneath at the concession stand. Oh, I don't I, care. I would have applauded you. Yeah, I'm like the one football fan who hates snow games and hates mm-hmm. like everyone's. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah. No, it's stupid. It's not. The real teams. But you're, you, I mean, the refs would have not, it wouldn't have let them just say, you know, oh, you can't. Oh, I would have done something. I would have paid them off. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, it's not going to happen. But anyway, right. Right. speaking of uh, rain, it rained quite heavily last week in Kansas City. Right. Got a win on San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, I'm less inclined to go with the home dog here because uh-huh. the Chiefs did stub their toe a little right. bit last week. Uh, only scored 10 points against the Chargers. It, that was an ugly game. Yep. All around. I mean, it was – I kind of kept one eye to it because I had the Chargers plus the points, mm-hmm. but there were some other games that I was paying attention to. And Was that the toe stub or was that the warning sign? Hmm. I think it was more of a toe stub. I'll tell you what, okay. the Chiefs are going to be favored in every game the rest of the way. They're in the playoffs to me. Mm-hmm. They, they could go into the playoffs on a 10-game win streak, and I should take a moment to pat myself on the back because I had the Chiefs in the playoffs before the start of the year, and they may exceed my expectations. You even. did. You did. You you also, I think, jumped for the life rafts by, like, week three, then you climbed back on board. Well, that's very <laughs> standard. That <laughs> sounds like me. This is one of those games where I had that situational, philosophical divide. Mm-hmm. I do think from a sheer power rankings perspective, there is some value on Baltimore here getting more than a touchdown because they'll close by more than a touchdown. But you don't know who the quarterback is just yet. You don't know how in the hell are they going to score any points, Mm -hmm. the Ravens. I mean, that's the problem. And I'm shocked this line isn't higher because, you know, you were – you know, I wanted to clown on you this week. Okay. But I don't have a chance to because <laughs> Seattle killed Baltimore with so much room to spare. Right. You know, when we were doing the show last week, there was like one number out there, and it was minus six. I'm like, if you think this number is going to be six at kickoff, let me bet through you. And sure <laughs> enough, it closed minus 12 and a half. Okay. I can't believe this line's not like that one. If not hard, because I have Kansas City rated fairly similarly to Seattle. I have them five and six in my power rankings. Is there a lot of smart money on Baltimore holding it from going further? I don't know. Is there? Because, I mean, I'm looking right now. The public's all over the Chiefs, obviously, 76%. Line's not moving. Usually a sign of smart yeah, money. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if there is. But do you know what's funny? What? Is the books got killed mm-hmm. on Seattle-Baltimore last week. Like, they had, like, I think one shop reported that they had 100 bets on the game. Mm-hmm. 97 of them were on Seattle. 
That's not good. That's one. That's one of those rare things that's where Vegas takes it. That's not very good odds up. making. Quite well, no, frankly, you're no, not moving the line enough. That's what I'm saying, yeah. and that's why I'm surprised this line's not higher. Bottom line is, I just ranted for a long time to tell you I'm not playing this game. If, if, if this, if this. Uh, odds maker was working in old Vegas, he'd be buried up to his neck in uh, sand in the desert. Yeah, I, I mean, the Ra- you get the feeling a little bit that the Ravens, after all those close games, mm-hmm. like that trend's maybe due to just stop. Right. I, I don't know. If they get killed again, man, I mean, Vegas has – you know me. I'm the guy on the show who has all the respect in the world for the odds makers. Mm-hmm. If Baltimore gets killed again, mm-hmm. shame on Vegas for this yeah. line. Not in like my they opinion. didn't see it coming. Up next, this is a dangerous one for me because of the methodology that I'm going to use here. It's the 13-0 Panthers at the 6-7 and Giants, 1 o'clock Eastern time Sunday. Do it, Ricky. East Rutherford, New Jersey on Fox. Buck Aikman and Andrews, the A-team for Fox on this one. And this is a game where Carolina is laying five points up from four initially. And uh, this is – I don't have a good feeling about what I'm about to do here. And by the way, we are starting on – a very very disproportionate note this week. I've been taking all dogs so far. I actually have more good favorites. for you. I, but I have more favorites than dogs this week. This nah. is just like r- r- luck of the draw. Like all the dogs I'm picking have been like right in a row. Then Kyle, you're going to want to barf later as I go favorite 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 in every. Oh, game. I already know your big three, and I hate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, this this is clearly not one of them. But I'm looking at this here. The Giants are on a short week. The Panthers are on such a roll. Uh, here's the thing. I look at the Panthers schedule the rest of the way. Always dangerous to make a pick on the macro. You tell me this all the time. Yes. I'm going totally macro here. They got the Falcons and the Bucks after this. They're not going 16-0. and 0. They're not dropping a game to the Falcons or the Bucks. Give me the Giants. Well, that's not a dangerous line of thinking. I think that's the line of thinking for this game. If really? you're betting against the Panthers, yeah. you're not necessarily betting on the Giants. Right. Although I think clearly of the three remaining teams, the Giants – offer the most resistance sure you're just betting against the panthers going undefeated right and, and this is their, the, the 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 main chance of that not happening there's a lot of five and a halfs out there so lock me in for five and a half because okay. this is my first recommendation of the week Ooh, okay i'm all over the giants and i think the unbeaten streak may end here i think the giants may beat them straight up i, I think I do too. the giants have a history of beating 13-0 teams i know that doesn't matter but they've beaten three 13-0 teams in their history they beat you denver in 98 you don't say, Pete Exthelm. Yeah. And, oh, I'm sorry, three teams that were 13-0 and or better. Oh, because okay. Because they beat Denver 98, and then they beat, obviously, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That was glorious. I hated that. I really wanted to see the unbeaten team that year, especially to shut up Mercury <laughs> Morris. You know me. I love the 72 Dolphins, so I was One wondering. of the most overrated teams in history. <laughs> no such thing. Carolina? My God, did they beat it the hell out of Atlanta last week that game was over quick too mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about one o'clock games that were weird I saw a lot of just blowouts at one o'clock well I'm saying I, I went like 0 and 7 or 0 and 8 through like one o'clock so it was weird to me oh so it was yeah. weird to you because you were wrong I see <laughs> okay I no, got it was it. bad teams winning games undeservedly it was, it was just like, like a lot, a lot of there were some bad teams playing each other one of them's got to win by rule yeah. so Carolina ascended back to the top spot after dropping to number three the previous week in my power rankings but I got the Giants at a pretty strong number 11. And here's a key, too. Recording close games. Mm-hmm. This is something that's rather f- flexible mm-hmm. throughout the year. Carolina obviously has not lost a close game all year because they're undefeated. Oh, by right. the way, they're 6-0 and in games decided by 7 or less. Giants 3-6 and six 
even that's after the win last week. Mm-hmm. I think the Giants are due to pick one up. I'm still believing in this team to win the NFC East, like I said before the year. Give me the G-Men, plus five in the hook. Would not be surprised if they beat Carolina outright here. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. They may, they may win outright because I don't see the Panthers going 16-0. and Up next, a game that might have been the toughest one of the week for me to pick, and unsurprisingly, two teams with the same record. It's the 6-7 and seven Bills at the 6-7 and seven Redskins. 1 o'clock Eastern Time, FedEx Field and Landover, Maryland on Fox. Five-time lounge guest Kenny Albert on the call along with Daryl Moose Johnson and the lovely tanned Laura Oakman. And uh, this is a game where you, you had, uh, again, a couple of those weird results last week. Uh, OMG, Redskins decide to show up in a game on the road. So you had that First going on. First road win of the year. First road win of the year. Haven't won games back-to-back, which uh, is an interesting mm-hmm. way of figuring into the game this week. This game started as a pick Buffalo is now laying a point on the road. And uh, a couple things that I, I look at here, uh, again, courtesy of uh, USA Today Sports Weekly, uh, you have the the Redskins that, that are not that great at stopping uh, the, the ground game here. Uh, Bills are third in the league, 141.8 yards a game on the ground. Also, that surprises me. Yep. How about this, too? An- another number that I think ties into that. The Bills are, are well, Tyrod Taylor personally, but uh, 0-5 when he throws 30 or more passes in a game, 6-0 and when throwing th- fewer than 30. If you believe... They're going to get the ground game going, as I do. I think they keep it under 30. This is a game where, again, are, are the Redskins really, again, going to dump another loss after a win? I don't know. But they're, they're sort of getting to be mini St. Louis as far as not doing what they're supposed to do anyways. So I, I feel completely conflicted about this one. But based on the matchups, give me the Bills laying the one on the road. Wow. Wow. I think it comes down to that, just the, yeah. the ground game and avoiding the passing game. Yeah, not just this year. Gruden's road record's been terrible mm-hmm. uh, in both, you know, what was it? He's only been there almost two seasons. Right. Last year was his first year, right? Yep. They've, they've been bad uh, on the road. So uh, it kind of caught me off guard that they went to Chicago and won outright. Uh, Buffalo, maybe a worse loss, though, for them because they're, what, two back now of the wild card teams? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a it's a three-horse race for those AFC wild cards. Kansas out City, of it. Pittsburgh, and the Jets. I don't see Buffalo rallying. Even if they were to win out, I think it's going to take 10 wins to get a wild card in the AFC. Did you watch Four Falls of Buffalo, that 30 for 30? Part of it. Caught part of it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was one of the better ones in a while. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. I bring that up, not just to have a random conversation random with aside. the program. <laughs> but I talked to you about some weird history. So, okay. as you know, the Redskins beat the Bills. In the Super Bowl, yes. for one year, it was the second Super Bowl uh, that the Bills would lose of the four. That's right. Since that time, mm-hmm. since Mark Rippon was the Super Bowl MVP, right? That was one of the great teams, by the way. That Redskins team. It was random because they weren't very good before or after, but they manned and they put it you all together. See, you want to hear something weird? I was I was in D.C. that fall. I, I was living there for a few months. Oh, I got God, to see I, all those games. I mean, and, and Rippon, what he was, I have never seen on a consistent basis. Somebody just hit that deep pass. It was such a thing of beauty. He could, he could 50, 60 yards on a dime. He never did it consistently before or after, but I saw it the one year it happened, and I'll never forget it. Yeah, as far as, like, a s- team to win the Super Bowl, yeah. they're one of the great forgotten teams. One-year wonder, history. but, I mean, yeah, they did it. They, they and they're not the- remembered as a one-year wonder because it was three times in, like, eight or nine years, but it was a different quarterback every time. Gibbs yeah. kept reinventing them. That version of it, you're right, people sleep on them historically. Okay, now that we've gone over the history lesson, yes. I'll add one more 
mm-hmm. aside here. Since that Super Bowl win, the Washington football team Rodgers. is 0-6 straight up and against the number with the Bills. They have not oh. beaten them since. Isn't that odd? Oh, pound of flesh for the Bills, but not enough. You going to say make it seven? No, I'm going to lay off this because there is that trend. And it's, I mean, the thing is, it's what, every four years they play? So, yes. you know, part of me wants to say, what are they going to, what, what is it going to be, seven times in a row they're going to lose the Bills? But <laughs> the, they're kind of random occurrences because the players are different basically every well, meeting. Mark Lawrence here, you say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on the other side, the Redskins having not won back to back games all year. Mm hmm. That scares me. So th- this is one of the toughest ones to call. It it has the feeling, even though I just said Buffalo's probably dead anyway, mm-hmm. the loser of this is absolutely dead in their respective race, even though right. Washington is in that weak NFC East, and at worst they'll be a game back. Right. Th- this is a killer to the loser. I- I'm laying off this one, though. I'm, the results of each surprised me last week. I I was, Buffalo should be ashamed of themselves for losing in Philadelphia. Yeah, they Rex should. Rex Ryan, by the way, right. is not doing a great job here. No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, and, and, again, uh, that, that defense arguably looked better last year. So, and, no, it, Not arguably. It did. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, I think they're 27th. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This it's year, they were second close. last year in DVOA. Right. I think it's just a case of the wrong fit as far as the players go right. for Ryan. I expect that defense to be better next year when he's able to kind of remake it in his own image. With new defensive coordinator Mike Patton? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> ashes to ashes in Buffalo. That's kind of funny. Uh, up next, uh, battle of two teams only a couple miles uh, or a couple hundred miles away from one another, but uh, not much of a rivalry here because they're in different conferences. It's the 6 and 7 Falcons at the 5 and 8 Jaguars. 1 o'clock Eastern time from Everbank Field in Jacksonville on CBS. Dick Stockton, David Deal, Christina Pink on the call here. And uh, this is a game where Jacksonville is just uh, laying the standard vanilla missionary position three points at home against Atlanta. And, uh, again, a tough game to pick. If you're looking at momentum, I am a big believer in momentum, and the arrow is pointing in distinctly different directions for these two teams here. You'll recall earlier in the season, before anybody jumped on the Jags bandwagon, and I'm not saying that I was on it, but I remember saying to you, I think it's going to be a mistake if they do the impatient thing with Gus Bradley. Oh, no doubt about it. I just, I just yeah. thought and that. you agreed with me, I think. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is, I looked at the schedule. Right. And Blake Bortles' performance last year, and I was like, oh, I think Gus Bradley's going to probably get the axe if they win right. four or fewer games again. And they're already over four wins, right? Aren't they? Yeah, five? They're, they're at five and eight. So, and, and, and the chance to win more. I think he's going to stay, unless if they get killed in the next three games. Well, here's the thing: at New Orleans, stay. at Houston, they have a chance. To, they have a decent chance at either of the last. They have a, they have a chance to go eight and eight. They do. Uh, I don't see it happening. Pretty optimistic. Yeah. Well, but I don't think it's a great chance, and that leads into what I'm going to say here, and that is that I I I think it's finally due to start going the other way for the Falcons. It has to be at some point. I mean, it's, it has to be. They're, they're, they're not nearly as good as they looked early on. They're not nearly as bad as they have looked since then. Uh, the, the Falcons have got to turn it around at some point. This has the makings of a game where they could, because 
the, the Jags have a decent chance, I think, of coming in flat after that hugely emotional blowout win over Indianapolis. So give me the give me the Falcons going for the week after uh, trip up of the Jaguars here, getting the three points, but I think maybe not needing it. Love it. I'm with you, and I recommend Atlanta this week. Okay. Second recommendation. All right. Nine straight games with an ATS loss for Atlanta. Ooh, I feel I better. I cannot remember the last time a team failed to cover that main in a row. Now, before you feel too good about your pick, Ricky, note I was on Atlanta last week yeah. when they had not covered eight in a row. Right. They lost 38 to nothing to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> you referenced Jacksonville's big win, 51-14 to over Indy. Yep. Wow, what a shellacking. So you've got vastly different results. Jacksonville as a favorite still is not a good idea to me. They, I know they flubbed the game against San Diego earlier in the year, lost that one outright. Uh, they lost one outright to Houston earlier in the year. So, yeah, I think the Falcons could finally break through. I mean, my God, I mean, they've lost. I mean, forget about covering the spread. They haven't won a game in six weeks. Their last win was October. Yeah. And, man, if... If they come back with another bad performance here against the Jaguars, wow, that's just – that does yeah. not speak well. Can't turnovers have killed them. They were minus four in turnovers again last week. Matt Ryan, the bloom is off the rose, man. I, I think we've not seen the best of Matty Ice yet. And, uh, I, I, oh, you think the some... best is yet to come? Uh, yeah, I think so. Wow. I think I, so. And uh, I, I think we've seen a pretty good quarterback, but I don't know – if he's going to be better than those teams that had home field advantage those couple of years and failed to get it done. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He, he strikes me as the kind of guy. He, he could have a late career resurgence like a Carson Palmer. Guy I'm so mad that I got talked into Atlanta before the year. This uh-huh. Atlanta and Miami were the two teams that from the year-end show we do every February mm-hmm. to the year-preview show we do every year in August, I changed my opinion on. Okay. Like, I was like, Oh, you know, I've read stuff. I kind of like these teams now. Okay. Wrong in both instances. Well, that happens sometimes. Uh, staying in the same division as the Jaguars, it's uh, a, a game where uh, you, you referenced this before about how the OCD was going to come up. The 6-7 and seven Texans at the 6-7 and seven Colts, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis What's on CBS. What's the line on this game, Ricky? Greg Gumbel, Trent Green, Jamie Erdahl on the call. We have struggled to find it anywhere just now when we were talking about the last game i went back one more time to our favorite haven and i i hit refresh on the page a few times too as though perhaps in those 20 seconds i did too i just did too that's funny (laughs) so we both went looking for it all right you told me off air in terms of piecing this together that it would it would likely be indianapolis because we we found in we're in this weird spot right now of where we know it is going to be Hasselbeck at quarterback again because Andrew Luck was just ruled out as we're taping this, but there's no line. You said you thought it'd be somewhere in the neighborhood of about a field goal for Indianapolis. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it three and a half, but I'm going to take Houston, and I'll, I'll go the other way on this. So I'm going to flip this all of a touchdown on this. If Houston is favored by more than three and a half points, I will take it as an automatic loss. But I will take Houston and set the line of three of laying three and a half points here, which wow. should be. Yeah. You're going to lay a hook? Can I I'm bet gonna, through I'm you? Gonna, I'm going to lay a hook. I'm going to do this just because, again, 
I want to be able to say at the end of the year, I bet on every game here. Listen, I, I got a chance to be profitable for the whole year, 52.4% if I just go 500 the rest of the way here. So I want to have everything in here. I want to have a chance to win on Houston. That's what I'm going to do because I, I'm going to defer to their defense in a battle of absolute uh, sub-replacement level quarterbacks at this point. There is no way Houston will be favored by more than a field goal in this game. I'd be shocked. I okay. shouldn't say no way. I'd be, I'd be really shocked because Indianapolis, with Hasselbeck, remember, mm-hmm. beat Houston right. in the first meeting, and Houston was a four-point favorite. So I think Indy, they, it may be under three mm-hmm. because they have looked awful the last okay. couple games. But I would imagine, because TJ Yates right now is listed as the probable starter for the Texans, that... Indy will go off as a short favorite. I think mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I okay. could be wrong. I don't know, but I think that's what it's going to be. Now, that being said, if I were to pick this game, and I'm not going to because there's no line and I'm not playing by your rules, <laughs> I would absolutely consider Houston, especially if they were not favored by more than, like, three. Houston, despite not looking good at all Sunday night against New England, I have them still 19th in my power rankings. Yeah. Indianapolis has fallen into the abyss. They are at 29 for me now. Dropped 10 wow. spots. Wow. I got them in the 20s, but not that low. I dro- they dropped them seven spots last week after the loss to Indy. Ricky, they have the fourth worst point differential in the league. They've been outgained in 12 of 13 games. This team is awful. Houston, and here's what it is. I know it's dangerous macro. Houston is going to win this division, I think. If Indianapolis wins this division, mm-hmm. as much as I bagged on them mm-hmm. that first year, they won it with luck when they mm-hmm. had that really bad point differential, I believe the worst ever for a first-place team. That's right. This would be arguably the worst team to ever make the NFL playoffs if they do. They are awful. And Houston's not very good either. But Indianapolis is awful. Last year's Panthers say hi. The, oh, 20, that, the 2010 Seahawks say hi. Those teams are better than this team. Really? Yeah, they probably Ricky, are. This team has been, by the way, Andrew Lux, the, the, the team's point differential over the last four years because mm-hmm. of last week is now, like, negative. I mean, they, they're just – Right. They're in, we've said it before, small L and big L luck. Well, let me look look up their exact point differential here. By it's, the way, It's too, awful. Uh, wh- it's like negative wh- 80. Wh- They've been outscored by 80 points this year. I know one week – a bad, a bad loss like last week skews things. Right. That's awful. They're minus 81. The only three teams that are worse are San Diego, who's minus 84. Mm-hmm. And Br- then the Brownies two, have got to be worse. And then the two really bad teams, yeah. the two teams that are way behind everyone. Browns minus 117, San Francisco minus 127. Yeah. So, I mean, this is an awful football team. And Chuck Pagano, I think, knows he's gone. Yeah, I think he does. But – Here's a funny thing, too. It's been such a weird year in Indy. I remember, because, again, this is the second time Hasselbeck's been in there because Luck was in there, got hurt, was was outplayed by Hasselbeck in, the, in that period of time. Gets, I don't think he was outplayed. They just happened to win the game. Gets hurt again. And I, I remember uh, I, I got the news. I think it was the night that I was in Athens for a Tuesday night game uh, that our Bobcats were playing with fellow alum and FDH Lounge dignitary Chris Galloway, and he and I were giggling about that, like, oh, the Colts are going to be forced to upgrade to Matt Hasselbeck again. It's been that kind of a weird year for them. Of course, Hasselbeck has been exposed in recent weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, a few weeks yeah. ago, I remember you were yeah. you were ripping that narrative. Yeah, okay. no, I mean, they, they've been exposed since then. But when, when you talk about the truly awful teams in the league, 
the conversation doesn't start and stop with this next team here, but they're a big part of it. The 3-10 and 10 Titans at the 11-2 and 2 Patriots. 1 o'clock Eastern time from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Mass. On CBS, Ian Eagle, past lounge guest, Dan Fouts, and Evan Washburn on the call. This is a game where New England is laying 14. We have two spreads this week right about two touchdowns and uh i'm gonna go the old half seas on these games here so where do i come down on this one this is going to be the one where i take the favorite because Mm. you talked about this before there are some games in the nfl that are sort of the functional equivalent of Alabama against whatever garbage school from a lower conference they schedule in the month of November before the SEC championship game. This is one of them. I mean, this is this is you you get games where the the the, the differential between them and and not even necessarily talent on paper because the Patriots are pretty banged up. They're yep. down to like their fifteenth running back of the season. Yep. But you know what? It doesn't matter, man. It's plug and play. I, I, I loathe the Patriots. I loathe Bill Belichick. Great coach. Credit to the devil. It's plug and play. Doesn't matter who they have at running back. They got Gronk back in there now. The rest of them are soon to follow. Tennessee's awful. They're not going to keep up. Give me the Patriots laying the 14. It's funny you mention Alabama. Despite the fact they do that, they still have the fourth hardest strength of schedule in the whole country while your Ohio possible? State Buckeyes are 61. Well, computers. It's very simple. It, it was a weak year for the Buckeye scheduling. It, it was, yeah. All those Mac teams, yeah, I'm sure that's... No. Well, w- while we're on the your subject, how'd your Wolverines finish the year? Yeah, not very good. Today. I, I like that Ezekiel Elliott selfie that I sent you in front I of I didn't Michigan care fans. for it, personally. <laughs> Wish somebody would have gave him the old Harvey Whippleman cam from King of the Ring 93. You know what? My, my dad's not a big fan of selfies and things. He doesn't Tom, strike me Tom, as a selfie man. Tomfoolery with modern technology. My dad loved that selfie. <laughs> of course he did. I'm taking Tennessee here. Recommend it. Okay. And I'm going to rec- and I'm going to take them. You know, we we're certainly not afraid to grab a line that we like the most okay. at this thing. There's a 15 and a half at five dimes. Give me them plus 15 and a half. I'll be honest with you, that p- extra point and a half makes the world difference to me because they can still lose by two touchdowns and cover. The world's on New England. They're off a television win in prime time. I mean, all the games are on television, so I specify it was in prime time the Sunday night game uh Tennessee got killed they're last off a win and a game that was televised in their local market yes and uh Tennessee got killed last week I don't think Tennessee's as bad as you do we've been through this before you love overrating the Titans I don't love them I just think that they're a team that's due to just keep it close and here they don't even need to keep within one score here all they need to do is lose by two touchdowns and I cover so give me Tennessee plus 15 in the hook a line currently available at five dimes which I always recommend to you underdog players out a there. a world of difference between 14 and 15 and a half points do you know what the score was the last time these two teams played Kyle Ross if it was the year that New England almost ran the table it was not close 59 to nothing okay well, as we've as we've specified before, this New England team is nowhere near that 017. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, up next, the other game that has uh, such a point spread to it. It's my three and ten Browns. Bless you. At the eight and five Seahawks, four oh five Eastern Time, CenturyLink Field in Seattle on Fox. Tom Brenneman, Charles Davis, and Tony Siragusa have been sentenced to watch this game and broadcast it on Fox. And uh, Seattle is laying 14.5 in this one. Ooh, the hook up from an initial 
14. Dang. I said I was going to go. 16 at five dimes I for this I, one. I 16. I think that's the biggest spread of the year. Yeah. I said I was going to go halvesies on these two. It's dangerous. I, I know, but here's the thing. I know the tendency of my Browns. Look, this is, this is a game here. This has Browns backdoor penis punch written all over it. The Seahawks will be up like 24 There'll be some kind of, like, ball that's batted in the air like 10 times. The Browns get a pick and run it back for a score, maybe a cheap late field goal. The, the Browns will win this. They're not win. Ugh, what, what am I saying, win? They will, no, oh. no, no, no. Cover. Well, they'll win the cover, as it were. They'll do it just to screw with everybody out there that thinks so. Because, again, on paper, on paper, I can probably make less of a case for the Browns to hang with the Seahawks right now than I can the Titans to hang with the Patriots. But I know the Browns' tendencies. I'm in the Cleveland market. I see them do this. They do this at least once a year. Uh, a team should beat them by 59 points, and they get within it. They'll do it again. Ugly-ass backdoor cover for the Brownies. Take them here. You know, Seattle's got some injuries right now. Enough to matter in this one? Look, no one in their right mind thinks the Browns are going to win this game straight up. Right. But, you know, we all know the Seahawks are without Jimmy Graham. Now, it does appear that that is a Ewing theory candidate to trademark Bill Simmons as their offenses look much better since That's Jimmy ridiculous. Graham got hurt. That's completely ridiculous. Uh, the second or third best tight end in the league went healthy. That's, there's no addition by subtraction with Jimmy Graham. Have, you, have you seen how their offenses performed without him? Because they're too stupid and know how to utilize him. That, don't, don't want the offensive coordinator I'm off not the hook saying, that simple. I'm not saying okay. that... Jimmy Graham stinks. Okay. I'm not saying that you're right. He is one of the two or three best tight ends. Were they using him properly? No. But right. I'm just looking at the fact that Seattle's offense has been way better since he's been hurt. By, by the way. They scored 39, 38, and 35 in those three games. They weren't even scoring more than 20 when he was on the field. By the way, you're, you're rampaging into the playoffs, Ferguson Loot Squad. Yep, picking up Doug Baldwin off of waivers a couple weeks ago. you got to like that. Yeah, Doug Baldwin certainly benefited from Jimmy Graham's Thank absence. Thank you very much. Uh, but there's an injury at running back now. I mean, they're down to the third stringer. They're signing people off the street. Right. Seattle. I told you I might add one mm-hmm. as we go through these games, and I am going to add a six, and it is your Cleveland Browns. The Browns. I am, yes, the Browns. And mark me down at plus 16, Rick Morris, because that's what they're <laughs> getting at five dimes. Okay. A reputable sportsbook. Uh, the highest, by the way, the highest graded online sportsbook. Before you oh. go laughing, if you think that this is like something that I'm funding or something for the <laughs> purpose of the podcast. No, gets an A- minus rating there from the uh, sportsbook review. Okay. So, there you go. It's a reputable place. And uh, 16 points is a lot. I believe that would be the highest spread. You know, Johnny Manziel, as much as I want to make fun of him, and I think he's a huge douche. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, it, was, it was the Niners, air right. quotes. He looked pretty good last week, I thought. Well, there was no reason for him not to be playing earlier. Here's the thing, too. I mean, how how Browns of them. We blew the number one pick. We blew the chance to turn your head and cough for Jared Goff. All that's out the window. How, how fitting is it? With Eric Mangini in the stadium for San Francisco, he pulled a Mangini. Meaningless December win. Ooh, got to bring him back for another year. Didn't Eric Mangini invent that gimmick in 2009? He's benefiting from it. Johnny Manziel, way to go, douchebag. Way to screw my team for another year. I'm going to be honest with you. What? This Jared Goff hype is way out of hand. Have you? Were you staying up till 1.30 in the morning on ESPN2 watching Cal this year? Not every game live. Oh, so but you, I've but seen you, you've, you've, A little bit. See, I, I've I like seen his, enough. I like I'll his be accuracy, honest. man. 
How many guys with a gun have that kind of accuracy? Accuracy? I've, I've seen good accuracy I think out you of had them. two 5 INT games. Well, you know. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you something. Probably Maybe I'll of, look stupid. Probably stu- a lot of deflections in there. Maybe I'll say. look stupid. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's better for you long-term than Johnny Manziel. Wow. Well, I, we'll I, never get to find out, unfortunately. I don't think, I don't think this quarterback crop of Goff, Paxton Lynch, and Connor Cook mm-hmm. is better than the one two years ago that Manziel came out of. And Manziel's obviously the fourth out of four right now of those group. But I'm not sure those guys are any better. And they're certainly not better than Winston or Mariota. I think that the Browns would be better served rather than forcing another damn quarterback into simply drafting best available. Shout out to my friend Danny Stankew for the theory that I'm about to uh, put out here. He says he likes, not necessarily for the Browns, but you mentioned uh, Connor Cook is the third of the three. He says Christian Hackenberg's a lot better than Connor Cook. I, I'm kind of inclined to agree. I don't know. Christian Hackenberg, I'm like so convinced that Houston's going to take him in the second round mm-hmm. <laughs> because Bill O'Brien had so much success with him at Penn State his freshman year. He sucked under James Franklin, quite right. frankly, Hackenberg. He hasn't been the same guy. And Connor Cook plays on a good team, so it's kind of tough to evaluate him. Right. But I kind of think all the quarterbacks are overrated in this upcoming draft. So yeah, be a- careful what you wish for if you're coughing for golf. I remember you wanted to uh, fail for Cardale once upon a time. I How's did. that working out for yeah. you? Well, <laughs> not, not, as, not as good, unfortunately. But uh, we come to a game where uh, a team is trying to avenge two past Super Bowl losses. It's the 10-3 and three Bengals at the 4-9 and nine 49ers. That's 4-25 right. Eastern Time, Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California on CBS the home first of all and most importantly of Wrestlemania 31 and also secondarily of Super Bowl 50 Spiro Ditas, Solomon Wolcott and Jay Feely on the call in this one San Diego is la- I'm sorry uh, this is a game where the Bengals are laying four as I glance at my sheet here four and a half uh, up from four initially tough one here you don't know what the effect is going to be with uh, Andy Dalton out of there. I'll tell you where the effect is on my power rankings. I, I've had the Bengals uh, way up in the top five all year. Bounced them to ninth this week. What? I, t- let's see what this A.J. McCarron does. We'll oh see. Oh, my goodness. There, there's, there's a chance. Uh, here's, here's a 20-year-old historical reference. And, boy, does this make me feel weird saying 20 years. But, uh, you know, as far as SEC guys coming in to be the replacement, he could be the Eric Zaire of the Bengals season here to be the uh, replacement. <laughs> I like how your eyes widened a little bit at that one. But uh, nevertheless, in this game, San Francisco, my, my God, I'll go back to the last game. If you make Johnny Douchebag look good, A.J. McCarron, this is a good chance to get his feet underneath him. Give me Cincinnati in a game that they absolutely have to have. I'll Ooh. take him away in the four and a half here. I, th- this is real tough. Because if Andy Dalton was playing – like, don't you think Cincinnati would be favored by maybe close to double digits? Like, my power rankings. I say, do. My power, because I still have Cincinnati fourth in my power rankings. Okay. Uh, I have San Francisco dead last. And by that measure, the spread should be, like, double digits. So are you saying, like, Andy Dalton's really worth a touchdown to the spread? That seems like a lot for Andy Dalton. I keep saying, I think this year's different as far as, you know, he has more weapons to work with. Yeah, he What's has it? more weapons to work with. I don't think Andy Dalton's all that different. Yeah. Isn't it six of one half dozen of another? He's won, you know, he's won peak games Andy for Dalton. them in previous years with big statistical they're, performances. They're drawing out peak Andy Dalton, however it's being done. I agree with you. I mean, it's it's a thing here where, no, he's not Aaron Rodgers doing it in some cases with smoke and mirrors. But I, I go to another stat here. He got, uh, for courtesy of USA Today Sports Weekly, the, the Bengals have not this year 
rushed for 100 yards in a game and lost the game. The 49ers, in looking at it here, the 49ers are giving up 133.2 yards per game on the ground. Soft run defense. Yes, but, but, at home, this is a good team. They're better. They're they better. They are 3-3. Three they only allow 15.8 points per game at home. Mm-hmm. They only allow 95 rushing yards per game at home. Okay. So if you remember last week, but big reason, a big, the really only reason I went against the Niners last week in Cleveland is because they were coming off a road win. This team is dreadful on the road. I could not see them winning back-to-back road games. Part of me wants to take San Francisco here, but I feel it's almost too obvious and knee-jerk in the wake of the Dalton injury. Yeah, I think it I, would be. I want I want to sit back and watch to see. I don't want to say my God, this kid, because it makes me sound old, but, you know, I want to see how this kid performs. So I'm going to sit out on this one. The other thing is, too. Plus, I don't think San Francisco is going to win another game. Even with the Niners being more stout against the run, what I'm about to say may sound strange because if if you're praising a thunder and lightning combo, it's usually guys who can get it done at the same time. Seemingly, neither Hill nor Bernard can get anything done while the other guy is productive. It is weird. It is weird. But it still might be the best Thunder and Lightning combo in the league. It, by, it might be, Kyle Ross. By the way, remember, three weeks ago, the Niners played Arizona, mm-hmm. who had Carson Palmer. Arizona yeah. did not have a backup quarterback in that game. Right. Very tough and down to the wire here it at was. home. That's so right. Cincinnati needs to be on upset alert here. This is not going to be an easy game for them. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, again, this, this has got to be a circle the wagons week coming off of that brutal disaster last week, so they will be ready for it. Uh, speaking of brutal disasters, uh, that sums up the season for uh, at least one of the next two teams, if not both of them. My 5-8 and eight Dolphins at the 3-10 and 10 Chargers, who I picked to have a big year before everybody on their roster got hurt. Five, uh, 425 Eastern Time, Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego on CBS. Andrew Catalan, Steve Tasker, Steve Berline, Scott Kaplan have been sentenced to watch and broadcast this game. And uh, in this game, you have, uh, as I am fruitlessly scanning here up and down. Why does this keep happening to me where I can't lock on? Okay, San Diego uh, is laying two two points. Had been a pick initially. Feel free to ask me. I know the lines. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That keeps happening to me as I'm scanning up and down here. A revenge spot for the Dolphins going back to the time that the Chargers cheated against us with the Bananas in that 1981 overtime loss uh, in the playoffs uh, where Kellen Winslow and everyone cheated by uh, eating the Bananas during the overtime period. So uh, a little bit of a revenge spot here. Eating Bananas is cheating? Uh, kind of is. You know, it doesn't seem like a man's man kind of a thing to do. Go with the way that your body is in the state that it's in. You know, it's, you know I, I prefer a survivalist ethos myself. But uh, <laughs> this is one where it just... It, <laughs> you come up with this shit. <laughs> I'm trying to justify my team losing that game. By the way, well, the Dolphins have gotten plenty of revenge since then. Do you know something? What? The Chargers since n- 1995... Mm-hmm. Two and nine straight up against the Dolphins, three and eight against the spread. See, and I think that's about due to turn around. The Chargers have been the unluckiest team in the league this year. This, this is a ripe game for them. This is a team. Uh, how interesting a, with the banana. Yes, ripe fruit. They, they can pluck and eat that banana again in dirty fashion to rehydrate themselves against the Dolphins and make history repeat itself from 1981. You see how everything goes full circle? Give me the Chargers in this one to cover the two. Three of the last four <laughs> games, I'm not making this up. Uh huh. San Diego scored three points. Yeah. They lost thirty three to three to Kansas City, seventeen to three to Denver, ten to three to Kansas City. That's not gonna keep going. Luckily for them, this is not a division game anymore. 
Uh, they did cover last week for me. So I can't I can't take them as much as it has been in a luck year. I think San Diego, they're a team that if somehow they get into the first spot, oh my god, are they my like most improved team next year. Absolutely. Like I will be like all over the Chargers next yep. year. I probably will be anyway, because there has been a great deal of uh ill fortune go their way. Right. But you know, I don't know. Miami's one and six against the number of their last seven. They might be due to cover. I'm staying away from this. This is gonna be just two ugly teams going at it, but you know what that makes me think? What? Expect, like, that Tampa Bay-St. Louis game, expect more points than maybe the odds makers are calling for here. Might here, be a, might be a shot for it over here, especially because San Diego, what, are they going to score three points again this week? Here's Miami's th- defense stinks. Right. Here's the thing, too. In, in terms of uh, a... Uh, these numbers are skewed by the unfortunate Joe Philbin era at the start of the season, but you talk about a get-well spot for San Diego... Miami's defense, 131.5 yards per game on the ground given up and 261.8 in the air. A good chance for Phillip Rivers and company. Oh, I mean, Eli, Odell Beckham was, like, laughing at these people on right. Monday nights. I mean, Right, yeah. So was, it, He made it look real easy. Miami's a bad team. It wasn't limited. Uh, the, the only issue I would have with laying points with San Diego is pretty, just, you know, laying points. So I just don't think they're interested in winning. Right. If they do lose out and go 3-13, and 13, do you fire Mike McCoy? No. I've never been impressed with Mike McCoy. I'll be honest eh, with you. I don't know. I don't. He's know. very conservative. He is. I think he deserves no wonder another you like year. Him. It was. A, it was. It was a quick turnaround for them there uh, mm-hmm. last year. Again, they were unlucky in missing the playoffs. This year, they've been unlucky in having the injuries go against them. I t- next year. I mean, I think next year it's got to be nine wins or you're you're done. I mean, I think it's got to be that kind of a bounce back uh, for him. They'll have a last year. place schedule. Last place schedule. Well. People kind of overrate that in today's NFL. It's a difference of two games from the rest of the division. Well, right, in the AFC, help. though, I think, well, I guess in the AFC, the same team's coming last place, so maybe it is overrated. Browns. Well, yeah, but for a team like them, though, right? look who they're going to draw. Right. They'll be guaranteed to draw Miami again. Yeah. And then Cleveland and Tennessee. Right. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that is. And I think the rest of the division is going to be weaker next year. Two teams, Spoiler alert. Yeah, I think that's true. Two teams will not be playing a fourth-place schedule next year. It's the 10-3 and three Broncos at the 8-5 and five Steelers. Oh, ready to argue? This is our big <laughs> argument game yeah. this week. 425 Eastern Time, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh on CBS. According to USA Today Sports Weekly, Jim Nance, Phil Sims, Tracy Wolfson calling this game Sunday after getting on a plane at about, what, 1 or 2 a.m. in Dallas the night before? And if before? they don't call this game, folks, Rick Morris will be calling the editor of USA Today Sports <laughs> Weekly. Well, look. If, if there's a misprint on either game, I think it's probably on the Saturday night game. Don't you think it's more likely CBS or that the NFL Network gets somebody else rather than CBS doesn't use them on Sunday? Personally, I'd rather have a mime call this game than Phil Simms, but whatever. <laughs> well, we can't always get what we want. In looking at this here, Pittsburgh is laying six points down from six and a half initially. What? This is, uh, what? Yeah. Down from six and a half? I, uh, yeah. I, no, no, no. I had it. It, didn't, it opened at six and a half, did it not? No, it opened at four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, uh, I, I may have looked at uh, another site here for. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's up for four was. and a half, and I'll say, well, five dimes is going to come in handy here too. And this game, right, well, this is my five. This is my five dimes week. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna call up the site that we normally turn to mm-hmm. here and see if uh, perhaps I just wrote that down wrong. Yeah. And uh, no, no, no. Uh, it says here uh, the site that we uh, always use. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Says that it opened at six and a half. That's so just simply not accurate. 
Well, take it up, <laughs> take it up with them, Kyle. Okay, Walsh. I mean, I, I think, I think you, I think you know, you're questioning papers. I'm questioning websites. It, that just simply is not accurate. This line opened at four. Okay, and a half. well, it absolutely opened at four and a half. Trust I'm reading me. it right off Scouts the screen. Honor. Okay. Scouts honor. Scouts honor. I know well, OCD, man. Guess what? Things are right. wrong sometimes. All right. Well, regardless of where it, where it opened at, it's at six right now. This is my second why ask why special of the week because I'm looking at this and I'm going. Eh. How are the Squealers laying six points here? What an Have you watched them? Have you yeah, watched them? Yeah, they look good. What an overreaction. Okay, the Broncos. You're out them. thinking the Broncos yourself. Broncos pooped it away last week. Yes, they did. What a big overreaction to what happened there. OMG, anybody in the league could beat them. Oh, let me get down on the – let me put the mortgage on the Steelers. I you can't know, wait to play this back this is one to you where, next yeah, week because you're going to make a back. huge mistake. You're going to make back. such a huge this mistake. This is why I ask why because th- this, this is insane. This, Pittsburgh should barely be favored in this game. You're barely. Making... Barely be favored. Why ask why? You know what? The line's way up there. Who am I to question it? Anytime I think lines are as stupid as they can be, when it reaches the Malcolm Gladwell tipping point, I go the other way. You're not going to fool me, Vegas. I'm on the Steelers in this one with their ir- illogical six-point uh, lay. Well, it's seven at five dimes, Ooh. and I'm taking that. I'm taking Denver. This is a big play for me. I love Denver okay. this week. I think you're out thinking yourself completely. Pittsburgh actually was pretty even in that game with Cincinnati last week. Mm-hmm. It really swung on the interception return right. when McCarron came in and threw the pick six. You referenced the Broncos dumping a game to the Raiders last week. By the way, I had the Raiders. I mm-hmm. think we disagreed on that one. Raiders, nice win for me last week. So yep. I went against this Broncos team. Okay. I was very lucky to win that game. I'm going to tell you why. I mean, forget about the Raiders winning the game straight up. I was lucky to cover that game. Denver outgained Oakland last week 310 to 126 right. with a 20 to 8 edge in first downs. You are overthinking this thing. This I can tell you why the Lions inflated. I think you're underthinking it. You think it's ripe fruit falling in your lap here and I'm telling you it's a trap, buddy. It's a trap. I'm going to play this back for you. It's a trap. Denver's do Denver's going to lose this game. I and Pittsburgh absolutely deserves to be favored in this game. I thought the four and a half was accurate. Because I have Pittsburgh rated higher. Than Haven't that. you said before it's deathly dangerous to bet a team that you know is going to lose a game? I have, but you know what about the Denver Broncos have done this year when they're an underdog? What? They've taken all three games out, right? Okay. So, and I'll be honest with you, an outright win here by Denver would shock me less than them getting blown out. <laughs> yeah, the, the verbal equivalent of Jimmy Haslam's candidly tick is when you say, I'll be honest with you. That's your verbal tick. Yeah. You know, candidly, Kyle Ross. <laughs> Well, you know, I've I'm never lied to the public. <laughs> Denver is still, even after last week, 7-2 and two in close games. Yeah. So I think they're due to lo- lose another close one. So I guess I'm, da- I'm getting into a dangerous thought here. I just think they lose this one close. The reason this spread is where it is is because Pittsburgh is freaking rolling, man. And people are kind of, you're going to hear all week about this Brock Osweiler thing. Oh, should they go back to Peyton Manning? Even though, like, last week the same people were saying, oh, forget about Peyton Manning, shovel dirt on his career. It's, it does not surprise. Like, you looked at this line and, and, were, and were shocked. Yeah. I look at this line, I'm like, love it. I, I, knew, it was, I knew this was going to happen. I, and when I saw this come out at four and a half, I was like, oh, my God, I bet this number's going to get bet up. Like and it well, it's been better. But see, I I, I I have that threshold. There's a threshold of like, ooh, there's good value here, and then when it gets to be ridiculous, it's like I go the other way. That's do you know what this reminds it. me of? What? And because I'll be honest with you, I, I'm probably gonna be with some public betters on this game, mm-hmm. taking the dog. This reminds me of a college game, Michigan State, Michigan. Okay, and we all know how that ended. 
Michigan State was like the biggest public dog of all time. Mm-hmm. Because they were getting seven in that game against Michigan. And all the sh- sharps were on Michigan. And I was thinking, I'm like, guys, guys, this game was going to be a pick last week. And you're laying seven? What are you doing? I think this is one of those weird instances where the sharp money, and I don't know how much of it's sharp, how much of it's square money right now, quite frankly. I'm interested to read that before this game kicks off. But regardless, um, I just think there's a ton of value with the Broncos team that has a great defense. They should have won last week. And, again, I know they're a road dog. Oh, by the way, road dogs Mm -hmm. this year? You didn't know? Are insane. Like, road dogs of five points or more this year? Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can get the stat, because they are just unbelievable. They are the tag team champions of the world. I mean, they're just the undisputed world champion road dogs (laughs) this year. Let me take a look here. It shouldn't be. I saw this trend earlier today. Let me dilly-daddle. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Come on. Why is this thing so far down my screen? I think it's like 36-20 and against the spread. Road dogs of five points or more have been this year. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to see it real quick. We need oh. you to generate some more jingle music here. Do, 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 and kiss my butt, and I can't find this trend. Just believe me, it was 36. I think it was 36 and 21. Okay. 36 and 21 against the spread, underdogs of five points or more on the road this year. Okay. So there you go. I, I, I think the Broncos are a tremendous value here. It'll be interesting to see. Some of these going to be really wrong. Yeah. Uh, one of us is going to be able to gloat about it uh, next week. Uh, we go to the... Monday night game here. Ooh, you talk about teams with nothing to play for. The four and nine. That was Lions. a recommendation, by the way. The Broncos. Recom- yeah, I got okay, that okay. written down as such. Your uh, recommendation. Four and nine Lions at the five and eight Saints. Technically still in the playoff race, but come on. Eight thirty Eastern time from the Mercedes Benz Superdome in New Orleans on ESPN. Tariko Gruden Salters on the call. New Orleans is laying the standard vanilla missionary position three points here against Detroit uh, because OMG obligatory. So, in looking at this game, kind of go back and forth here. And you don't want to overreact the week before. The Lions screwed me on that game with St. Louis just by not showing up. And I, I don't want to overreact. Uh, and, and the Saints, uh, conversely, screwed up my 1,000-star uh, gold-plated lock of the millennium for NFL Week 14. But I do think it's a little bit indicative of the respective momentums of both teams here. Oh, not momentum again. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go to that. And, uh, again. The Saints have momentum? They do coming off of last week, so. <laughs> Holy God almighty. I, I just think. <laughs> the, the, Holy God the, almighty. The Lions, the Lions had this kind of mirage spark there for a few weeks. Sometimes you'll see this in sports. A team is just kind of freed up. they got nothing to play for. Every, everyone is dead man walking, but they kind of put it out of their heads, get in a zone for a few weeks. Uh, we're past that point, and uh, the reality of everyone getting fired at the end of the season here has not, now, I think, dawned on everyone again. Give me New Orleans in this game laying the three points. They're, wow. they're just a little less pathetic than the Lions right wow. now. Second game in a row, you and I just have totally, totally different outlooks on a game. I think the better team's getting points here. I'm on the Lions. Recommendation. Better team? Yeah. Detroit. New Orleans is horrible. New Orleans is one of the five worst teams in football. They can I, score points at least. I am not a believer in this momentum thing. Like, To me, what have I been saying all mini-episode here? A team that covers the spread by double digits against a team that failed to cover the spread by double digits. It's a week-to-week league. Momentum does not exist. Even if the Saints cover the spread, I still deny the existence of momentum. We'll see. I'm on the Lions. 
I think this is my last. Re- is that my fifth or sixth? That's my sixth recommendation. I should have six this week. You do. You do. Okay, so they're all done now. All Good. Right, so all, right. You're, all right, so you're avoiding my big three. All right, so uh, we, we now get into the big three. We start with the 11-2 and two cards at the six and seven eagles that's the sunday night game 8 30 eastern time at the link in philly on nbc michaels collinsworth and tafoya on the call here and uh arizona's laying three and a half points to the eagles you and i have differed a good amount through the season here on how much well we differ may i say we differed at the beginning of the season on how we regarded the cardinals i of course had them as the nfc west champions yep but uh you and i have uh differed and uh, the jury is still out on this a little bit on uh, the Eagles during the course of the year, you, you've been doing the whole OMG better than their record, don't you know, kind of a thing here. And I'm so happy I, I'm for Chip a- Kelly the way he stuck it to this dumb Philadelphia media the last week. I know you have a friend there. I'm sure he's a fine man. Uh, good friends, yes. But you know what? That tool, and I hope it, it wasn't the, the please tell me it wasn't this guy scratched this. No, 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 no. My, my friend guy- Russ Cohen does not opine on the uh, Eagles very much. Okay, well, this guy who is on... Um, I think he's the guy who ever hosts Chip Kelly's weekly segment of Philly Radio. So mm-hmm. you ever try yelling at these guys a little more? If I was the coach, I'd yell at him. Nice take, asshole. <laughs> Don't you love the whole looks like a coach kind of a deal? You know? Yeah, Dan Campbell, Mike Pettin looks like a coach. You know what? <laughs> Bill Belichick and Bruce Arians, to bring it back full circle, yeah. they is a coach. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to take the coach here. I'm, I'm going to take uh, the guy who's going to win the battle of which 10 times out of 10 in a game like this. I'm going to take the superior quarterback in a game like this. And I'm going to go out and tell you, we're at peak Eagles right now. They've had their fun. Guess what? they got to face a real team this yeah. week. They're not going to be facing the Buffalo Bills, stepping on their own Johnson, making it easy for them. They beat the New England Patriots two weeks ago. Well, this, this is not a real team. This is a real team. Eh, are, are, are they going to stack up to the Patriots and the Cardinals in the span of three weeks. My point is they've tell had me? their fun. Off to the side with you, Eagles. Cardinals in this one, three and a half, and they may roll. I'm not going to actually disagree with you here. <laughs> Bruce Arians as a favorite as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, 26-4 and four straight up. Wow. He doesn't blow games like this one. Nope. Uh, it's a p- night game, too. West Coast teams usually have advantages over those in those over East Coast teams, even if it's in an East Coast environment. Yep. Circadian advantage. Look that one up, kids. Nice. So I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. Okay. I'm not going to pick it, though, because I, you know, I see a home dog getting three and a half. Desperate team. Mm-hmm. kind of like that a little bit, but not in this. Again, this is a philosophical, situational battle for me internally yep. because Philadelphia is off two wins, one of them against New England, which I referenced a little bit ago, was very screwy. They scored three non-offensive touchdowns. Right. That's something that will probably not happen here. A rematch of the NFC Championship game from a couple of years ago before Super Bowl forty-two. The Eagles will fail to avenge their loss in that game. Up next, we have the 5-8 and eight Bears at the 8-5 and five Vikings. Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis on Fox. Kevin Burkhart, John Lynch, and the delicious Pam Oliver on the call here. And uh, Minnesota in this game is laying five and a half up from four and a half early on. Little bit nervous about the fact that the the, the Vikings number is rising a bit here. I'm not you anxious to give up too many points, but uh, this is a turnaround game here. This is a game where, uh, again, talking about biorhythms, I said a couple weeks ago they're going to be coming up on the tough part of the schedule. This is a little bit of a breather, an interregnum, if you will, here uh, with the tough uh, climax to the season for the Vikings. 
They got a nice pad there in the NFC wild card race, but sooner or later they're going to have to start, you know, winning another game or two just to make sure they get it in there. They're going to in this spot here. It's a good chance for a get well spot. And, uh, again, uh, the, the Bears have been playing better as of late, but uh, this is the Vikings' opportunity. They will seize it. And uh, you, you've been kind of laughing about this through the course of the season here, Kyle, that for as much as I have been much more on the Vikings than you, called them as a wild card team before the season where you didn't, but that week to week I've been lukewarm on them. I've made it my lock play going against them a few times. That's and odd. I told you, you know, I'll be on them when the time is right. The time is right. This is one of my big three. Ooh. Vikings cover the five and a half at home in a must-win spot. Remember what I said about road underdogs getting five or more mm-hmm. a few minutes ago? Yep. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won but didn't cover here. I'd be shocked if they lost the game outright. I'll say. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. Okay. It does appear to be a get-well game. They've had a few extra days to prepare. The Bears' season pretty much ended with the home loss to Washington mm-hmm. last week, so they're could be an issue of motivation here in the Twin Cities for the road team, but um, I don't want to lay this many points. Not in a division game. If it was seven, yeah. I would absolutely be all over Chicago yeah. if you gave me a full touchdown. But this is kind of a dead number. With the public's betted up. The public loves Minnesota. Yeah. By the way, the public loves all three of your picks this week. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, the last of them here, my 1,000-star gold. Especially this one. Gold-plated <laughs> lock of the millennium for NFL Week 15. By the way, my lock picks 6-8 and eight through the course of the season, 21-21 and 21 on my big three for the year. It is <laughs> in a related story, the public has not had a winning month in about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, – you, you talk about uh, long-standing grudges to, to settle here this week going into a game this is a rematch of super bowl two that the green bay packers won it's the nine and four packers at the six and seven raiders sunday 405 eastern time at ocho coliseum in oakland on fox chris myers ronde barber a joke i'm missing with ocho past lounge guest dot co I, I noticed you've said that yeah i just I, oh, Ocho. I, I didn't know if I, there was something I missed being a there. Goof. Okay, I, I, okay. I, I, I didn't know. I, <laughs> you did, exposed the lameness of only, no, there's no real reason. Like, there's a couple weeks you've said that, and, like, we've always, because the Raiders games usually come last because they're late, and I've always been like, okay, we're running low on time. I'll let it go. But now that I'm here, I'm, I'm yeah. like, yeah, well, is there a joke I missed with Ocho <laughs> there? Is that, like a, is that a Chad Johnson joke that I'm missing? Kind of, although okay. he never played for either of these two teams, I don't think. That's but why the, I was confused. No, yeah, I mean, I, no, you've exposed the lameness of my joke. There is nothing to it. There is no substance. Chris Myers, Rondé Barber, and past lounge guest Jennifer Hale on the call. And uh, this is a game where the Packers are laying three points up from two and a half initially. And it's a spot here again. So the public is on this one. I like to say, Kyle Ross, uh, in in spots like last week, that I am the public whisperer. You know, the public's not always wrong. You have to have somebody with the skill set to be able to sort of go in there and extract and find the plays that the public are on that are actually right. Because, as you know, the public does not miss every game. No, they don't. And this is going to be one of the games that the public's going to hit this week. This is going to be one where uh, Vegas is going to kind of uh, take it in the keister. I, I think they'll be pulling for the silver and black they come will be. 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, they, they will be. If at, this uh, game is still in doubt. If it's still in doubt, uh, which I, I have a feeling it may not be. I think when we look back through the course of the year again, uh, I have been somewhat bearish on the Packers winning the NFC outright and remain so, uh, not least of which because of the two teams that are standing in their way, and they're going to have to go through both of them as it stands now. But I think when we look back at the course of this regular season and how close it teetered to actual outright extinction, 
I think we're going to look back on that Detroit game as sort of a turning point here. That Thursday nighter that they pulled out, you saw that again. They kept the, there's that word again, Kyle Ross, momentum going 10 days later against uh, Dallas. I think it continues here, and I think that there are going to be a lot of people that are thinking, oh, Raiders got it turned around. It's all good now. Uh, and, and I know that uh, among the people probably thinking that and hoping that as they're watching the game this week, we, we know that uh, good old Al Davis, he's going to be having a hot toddy where he's watching the game this week. But uh, I think that the uh, it's going to be in vain because I think Green Bay is going to get it done on the road here. I like him laying the three points. This is like the biggest all-time Rick Morris pick ever. <laughs> it, it's, it's the Rick Morris' pick ever. <laughs> You know, I'll be honest with you. I want to make a case for Oakland, but I referenced this earlier when we talked about Denver-Pittsburgh. The Raiders are off, like, one of the five phoniest wins of the year. Mm -hmm. They got outgamed by almost 200 yards. Uh, What was Jack Del Rio doing going for that two-point conversion? I know that it later came out with a long snapper was hurt. He was hurt. That that affected it. But, yeah, And I guess there was some play years ago where that long snapper was hurt and the Raiders tried something and they kept getting kicks blocked, I guess, is what he was hiding behind. But... I don't know, 4 o'clock. So here's my issue with this week's card. 4 o'clock is the witching hour, right? Yeah, I don't like that part, believe me. So the Miami-San Diego game, like there's not going to be a lot of betting interest in that one, so scratch that out. The other 4 o'clock games, you have two road favorites, Green Bay and Cincinnati, who the public's all over, and road favorites have done well. Surprisingly, I'm not going to go against either of them. I'll be honest. I'm going to take the uh, two dogs... The two road dogs getting generous points, Cleveland and Denver, and hope those are the games where the public takes it up the you-know-what uh, because I'm just not seeing a ton of value here on either Bay Area home dog this you, you, week. You talk about the phoniness of the win last week. Uh, per USA Today Sports Weekly, the Raiders at halftime. Uh, are you going to reference that? Because they had negative 11 yards at halftime in that game. Uh, I wasn't even going to go there, but that's a great point. What were they on third downs last week? Probably not good. Three for 15 if you need them. How about that? That's not very good. Yeah, I, That's I, not very good. Now, Green Bay's defense isn't nearly the caliber no, of Denver's. We no, saw what no, Denver's no, defense no. did to Green Bay, right. by the way. Green, Green Bay's defense is mediocre still. That's what, for, for as much as everybody's wringing their hands over the offense, the, the defense still should be the bigger concern there. But don't see it coming into play this week. Uh, I like uh, Green Bay. So my big three, Minnesota, Arizona, and the lock being Green Bay, you like Atlanta, Tennessee, the Giants, Cleveland, Denver, and Detroit. A, a real uh, rogues gallery there. They always are. Yeah. I like I like it when I've got a rogues gallery. <laughs> well, you must like this crew this week. So we'll see how it goes. Next week is Christmas week, so I suppose uh, it'll probably be a truncated edition of this. Yeah, It'll probably. Be, uh, I may not be on this one next yeah, week. Yeah, so. you, either way, you'll be forwarding me your picks, and mm-hmm. I'll be uh, getting them out there in one form or fashion. That will be will actually be a long time in between having done phoners going into week 17. That's a mm-hmm. strange thing for us yes. here. So, uh, but uh, it's been great to be able to do this, to have you here at Casa de Riccio. And uh, just a teaser for everybody, you are here because we are continuing to record today our Royal Rumble series, so we'll be getting to that as well. So, Stay tuned for that. I laugh as I'm saying this because this is mini episode 658, 659 is this week's fantasy 
football uh, tips. 660 is going to be the start of the Royal Rumbles. We started taping last week. The ones in the can from last week aren't even posted yet. But such is life in the Euro FBH would find that funny to me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, it, like we referenced it last <laughs> okay. week. Everybody's oh. probably like, where are they, man? Where are they? Uh, gotcha. <laughs> I'm not intentionally making everybody wait. That's just how it goes. We want to stagger the stuff out here. Make you wait. It'll be worth the, uh, the wait, ladies and gentlemen. And it was worth the wait uh, to be able to get through the plays here this week. A lot of fun getting through these. We'll check out an active week 15 and be back with you for NFL week 16 next week. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, all clear channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN. CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, GoBoard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and the Periodic Table of Elements.